Welcome to the Dom My Podcast with Nate Money. We're listening to All Money Through Diamond Album certified by Billboard. Today's album is Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. But before anything else, here's our new segment. And welcome back to your music news. First off, till I collapse, I'm spilling. No. Till I collapse, I'm spilling these raps. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Now we're going to restart. And welcome back to your <laughs> music news. Uh, Eminem's The Eminem Show turned 20 years old, and there is an expanded edition that is now out. Um, Andy Fletch, Fletch, Fletcher, the keyboardist and founder of... I always mispronounce this. How do you say this? Da peche. <laughs> That's my best guess. <laughs> We're going to go with that because I was scared. Anyway, mode. Um, now it's not funny because he passed away at the age of 60. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is funny. (laughs) Not him dying, but like, just, that didn't make Depeche any less funny. (laughs) This is, this is truly. This is scuffed. This is truly. This is truly horrible. Okay. Um, Justin Timberlake has sold his entire song catalog for $100 million, which I don't know if that's an underseller or an overseller. That's quite a bit of music. Um, Stevie Nicks turned 74. Uh, drummer Alan White, who honestly is probably one of the most famous drummers, even though you might not really recognize his name, but here's why. Because he worked with John Lennon and George Harrison and many other famous musicians and has um, recorded the drums on their albums. He passed away. And let's see. The B-52s, after 40 years together or more than 40 years together, will embark on their final tour this year. So if you're into that, look out for that. Um, Noel, or Noel Gallagher turned 55. Happy birthday. Roddy Hawkins, the rockabilly legend who mentored the band, passed away at the age of 87. Mr. Tom Morello celebrated his 68th birthday. Yay. Kate Bush, okay. So, Stranger Things Season 4 came out. I don't know if you watched that or not. But, Kate Bush's song, Running Up That Hill, has hit number one on iTunes. after, And it was released in 1985 and only peaked at number three. And it has now hit number one because of Stranger Things, because it's in there. Nice. And I heard the song because, uh, what's the band's name? Car Seat Headrest covered it. Because I was like, hey, I know the song. It's Kate Bush, ladies and gentlemen. The 80s are coming back. It's both a great and a fearful thing. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers iconic bassist Flea has appeared in the TV miniseries Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. I think he was a stormtrooper. Mm, I don't know. I don't really care. Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones turned 75. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was released 55 years ago on June 1st, 1967. (laughs) And that is it for your music news. 
And we're back. But before we get into anything else, here's our social medias. The Twitter, TDMPod, TDMPOD. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube, Far Face, uh, the Diamond Mind. If you look up Diamond Mind Podcast, we should be the first thing that pops up. TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast. Um, rate us, like us, comment, whatever. Montana. Oh. We, okay, we have reached 47 of the 50 U.S. states. Oh. Montana, you're next on our list. We're coming for you, Montana. We're coming for you. Do people live in Montana? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it just like Buffalo? Not saying that, you know, I'm not even. Give us the specs on this album. Okay, (laughs) yeah, let's not get into this. This album went 16 times platinum. It was, okay, throw up a little. It was released on June 13th, 1995, so we're coming up on its anniversary. This album is 13 songs long, with one of them being a little secret. And it is 57 minutes long. Um, Now, let me read Billboard's explanation of this album. So, Billboard has said that this may be the most undeniably human album to ever sell eight digits. A pigeonhole-proof statement from an artist who broke out with the bloodiest post-breakup anthem ever, inspired by a full-house album, and who turned her schizophrenic creativity into one of the cuddliest videos of the decade. Not all of it is necessarily fun to listen to in, well, this is 2016, but 2022 as well. But it's always admirable for the sheer fact that we'll never experience anything quite like it ever again. Which I think is pretty well said. Now, let's get into the song. Um, the music. This first song is called All I Really Want. Uh, opens with a distorted guitar chord and some harmonica. Uh, she's singing like slam poetry. She's not really following a concrete rhythm. She's just kind of jumping around. And also, in this, she sings very badly. I don't know how else to say it. Um, yes. Yes. Like, I, you made this comparison. Have you guys heard of Ice JJ Fish? <laughs> it's kind of similar to that. Um, definitely a strange artistic choice because... She can actually sing good. Like, she's proved yes. it before. Um, and she does in this album later on, too. Th- the chorus is a little bit better, but I don't know. Uh, it's, the song is just not my thing. Um, there is a uh, little silence thing after she says, mm-hmm. uh, are you frightened by the sound of silence? And then she just stops everything for, like, two seconds. Chills. And now it's just me and Lenny both looked at each other like, ah! <laughs> so, um, but I thought the song ended right there, and then she just picked it right back up. Yeah. With that being said, though, I feel like she's just trying to be a little bit weird and artistic in the song. But, like, too weird and artistic. Yes. Like, it's forced. Yes, and that's why I didn't dig this one, necessarily. Right. Yeah, Slam Poetry, that was a pretty good comparison. Um, Genius Lyrics says that this is one of the grungiest cutoffs from Jagged Little Pill, Atlanta's confrontational events about the dissonant, frustrating, and often constrictive nature of a relationship. Touchstone demons include being a misfit, or demonstrates, what the, okay, whatever, includes being a misfit, impulsive, needy, and lonely. This song has sweet harmonica action, but so do many others, and it kind of got a little old, I won't lie. Um, oh, but yeah, these vocals, they would not pick a lane. She would either have, like, some weird, like, frog in her throat, or she would go super high pitch. Yeah. Like, it, it just wasn't... It just wasn't that good. But, okay, you said slam poetry, and that's so funny, because I basically described the lyrics like one of those self-righteous, like, 
peaceful activist burnouts. Yeah. That, like, you know what I mean? That are trying mm-hmm. to express themselves. And honestly, this voice, I could probably sing like that. Yeah. Maybe even better, to be honest. Like, yeah. it's just not... It just wasn't it. Sorry, Lannis, but it wasn't it. Um... Let's see, what else did I say? Oh, but sometimes she kind of pulls it off. And not necessarily in this song, but later in the album when she still has, like... I mean, it's her voice. Like, she has, like, a weird way of approaching these songs. But she can pull it off because it's Alanis Morris. That everybody silence your cell phones. Hey. <laughs> oh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> um, the instrumental track... On this song and several others, just sounds like a basic mainstream 90s track, except for the harmonica parts, but mediocre. And Nate mentioned the silence already, I'm not gonna harp on that. But strangely, she kind of hooked me, and I'm here for the music and I'm looking forward to more, especially because I know what's coming up. Yep. Uh, this next of- song is called You Ought to Know. Uh, this one's pretty iconic. Uh, this kind of shows off the pure anger of someone who's been dumped and has been left for somebody else or mm-hmm. anything along those lines. Um, it's got all the intrusive thoughts in your head that you want to you wanna say to them, but you don't. Yeah. Um, and things that you think about, like, oh, is she better than me? Is she, but like, you know, has all that in there. Um, chorus is a banger. The vocal issues present in the last song aren't really present here. Uh, she sings yeah. the chorus musically, and it was fun to listen to, listen to, and it really brought a punch. I agree. Genius lyrics. Also, for those of you who don't know, I use genius lyrics because they can typically describe things a little bit better than I can, and they often give the meaning of the songs, which I think is an interesting fact. So anyway, moving into it. Genius lyrics says that this is the ultimate bad breakup song. The song discusses the fallout of a breakup, and it's notable for the raw emotion expressed by Morissette. A trend that was just appearing among female artists at this time. I guess similar to like Jewel and things like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in terms of sexuality. The lead singer, the lead single from this album, uh, this song was the one that basically propelled this young singer to superstardom. The song features Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well as Dave. Don't know how to say your last name, Dave. Sorry. And... Oh, from Red Hot Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respectively on bass and guitar, of course. The song received two Grammy Awards and was nominated for a third. It reached the top ten on three different American charts. The subject of the song has been heavily debated. And while Morissette continues to be silent on the matter, there is a strong suggestion that it is about Dave Coulier, better known as Uncle Joey from Full House, who once agreed with the assessment, though later retracted his statement. Hmm. Which is very funny. Hmm. A little fishy. But this song, like Nate has already said, it's much better vocally from the prior. It is a pure 90s alt bop. I can see a scene in my head where there's like some grunge kids in their car. Their old, like, beat down car. And they're driving down the road and they're just singing their hearts out to the song. Once again, I'm here for it. Next. This next song is called Perfect. Uh, this one starts off soft, but I was sure that it was going to get heavy eventually. Um, she was kind of singing like a, like a Disney character. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe that. Um, it builds up in, te- in intensity throughout the song. And by about minute two, she's screaming and has her, not screaming, but has her Alanis Morissette sound come out. Um, with that sound, her she voice. has, <laughs> yes, 
she has such a she has such a unique sound um and i was going to touch on the fact that so, something that a uh, billboard said um the sound is a little bit dated that it, that is right. something that um yeah. i knew going into this that i was you know going to have to deal with and so i'm not necessarily taking that fully right. into because the sound is dated account. But I don't think the lyrics necessarily are. Yes. So, so I'm I'm not gonna diss on all of these songs because mm-hmm. of the way that she's expressing herself, even right. though the sound is is dated. Um But yeah, she uh has a unique sound and it's still pleasant if you can look past some of the Eh, parts of it. The quirks. Um, and so at this point, I'm realizing maybe song one was just a fluke, and it's, it gets better from here. I so. definitely think it was, because all the other songs are not that. Yeah. Um, so this song is from the perspective of a parent attempting to live vicariously through their child, who they push hard to achieve to the point it's having a negative impact on the child. The song is very... She starts off very soft-spoken, but it kind of moves into this raw emotion. Um, the song doesn't really feel... What was it, like two and a half, three minutes, something like that? It honestly didn't feel that long to me, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. And I wasn't a fan of the song at first, but it did grow on me. Yeah. And that's all I wrote. Uh, this next song is called Hand in My Pocket. Absolute banger. Encore! Um, e minor! I love how prominent the bass guitar is in these songs and in the mixing. Um, mm-hmm. They're just thumping along and it tags along now, with her high pitched voice. We did listen to the remastered version, so I don't know if that's. Oh, yeah, that might be something. Uh, because of that, or if that's how she actually had this produced. But Buddy is just thumping along, so shouts to you, bass man. Um, yeah. I love how every time in the song, her hand is doing something different. Like giving a high five, a peace sign, flicking a cigarette. Hail in a taxi. Uh, there was one more, I think. Five peace sign, cigarette, taxi. I can't remember. Uh, this song is just a classic, though. It infects your brain, and it's probably not going to leave mine for a month. So, good answer. Genius. According to Atlantis, the final version of the song released on the album is actually the demo version of the song. Huh. Um, I basically didn't have any negative commentary because I like the song no matter how much people um, hate it or no matter what they have to say about it. Even if it's not, like, the best vocally or instrumentally, it's just pure, like, I wouldn't say genius, but just super smart. Um, I would love to hear a faster-paced version, though, or maybe just, like, a pure rock cover of the song, which probably exists, but I would love to hear it. Um, this next song is called Right Through You. Uh, immediately, of course, ripping, uh, the overdrive turns on in the guitar and it just really goes right through you, um, with an almost <laughs> screaming tone. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm just trying to, like, have fun and, like, made a podcast fun for everybody to listen to it. You just don't hit me like that. Um, I love how she's almost, I, I think I worded this nicely, she's, like, spitting venom. With how she says some words sometimes. like She's very like... She enunciates bitter, so hard. It, yes, yeah. it is bitter. She is definitely very angry Crunch at you. Crunch queen. 
see that through the music. Oh, yeah. um, I like this one pretty good. I think I, if this is the one I'm thinking of, then I did as well. Is that all your notes? Yeah. Swiggity. Right through you. Again, from Genius, this is about the subject of the... Oh, yes, okay. This is about the subject of the song Hands Clean over 2002 LP, so they share the same whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, this was written looking back on an affair and long-term relationship that 14-year-old Alanis had with a record industry executive. Dang, that's crazy. Like, that's like freshman in high school. Maybe, yeah. maybe sophomore, depending on how old you are. No, if you're 14, you could be in 8th grade. Because you start, you start, no, no. I was the oldest in my class in eighth grade, and I was 13. No, I was the oldest, or I was one of the oldest, and I was 14. Because you turned. You were 14 in eighth grade? Yes, because you turned 14 and 15 in freshman year, and then you start driving sophomore year. I was 14, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so either in eighth grade or a freshman. Yeah. Speechless, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you that time. Speech that time. Um, Okay, anyway. Oh, and Alanis was later dropped from the label, where she she had been a child star in Canada, because her music was moving in a more mature direction. Mm. She then moved to L.A. to make Jagged Little Pill. Pop off, queen. Isn't that crazy? And this is addressed throughout the song, specifically um, in verse 3, where she talks about, yeah, I don't know, you can look it up, I don't care. But I believe that this is another powerful song from her. And the guitar, instead of it being just a basic, like, backtrack, basically. Minus the bass. We love you, bass. But the guitar finally, like, matches her every step of the way in this song. And I greatly appreciated that. And I will say that, not only in this song, but every single song, she does... And they kind of touched on this already, but... She does bring the emotion. And she writes her own music. And, yes, I agree. It is in a rather, like, mature and very straightforward way, which I respect... And I feel like I haven't commented on that in a while. I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Because either people haven't written their own songs like this, or it's just been something that you could kind of easily overlook and not really appreciate. Yeah. Or maybe there's just other aspects that overpower the fact that they write their own music. But I think real artists write their own music, and I will die on that hill, personally. Um, oh, rend it. Close. I feel like you say that you've said that in the past like three podcasts. Yeah, because I've rimmed it the past three podcasts, man. But anyway, I respect I respect her more for that. Next, <laughs> this next song is called "Forgiven." Uh, definitely some religious themes here. Uh, oh, for sure. Lots of use of key phrases like stuffs happening on Sunday, and she says "Hallelujah" and stuff. Um, I really like how angry she is in this one. Few people can display anger like she can. I and love I really, anger in music. Yes, I, I think really it's something do. that we. And I, I say this very loosely because there is plenty of anger in the world, and I do not want more anger in the world. But in the music industry, I think people should show their emotions a little bit more rather yes. than just being bubblegum pop and doing what they want to do like that. I like anger in music, not when it sounds like death metal and yes. always angry. But when you can like truly feel it, and it's just like it's their therapy, like they're venting, and it helps you to Eminem express it. Eminem does it pretty well. Yeah, he does. I think we mentioned that in our episode. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. But he uh, that he's that's one reason I do like him is because he can do that very well, and it also helps people who listen to actually like get that aggression out as well. And it's not something like you don't spread. I feel like you don't spread hate through that because she's not saying like go do these horrendous things like it's just like 
emotion, like how you feel, because we're human and like that's mm-hmm. everybody feels like that. So yeah, I agree with your statement. Um, I also like I like this one because I really like when people, uh, and I, I'm gonna go into this, but like tackle the man, like in the sense mm-hmm. of like when I think of the man, I either think of like a big corporation, like the government, or well, she's talking about the Catholic Church. religion. Yeah, um, and sh- people that just aren't afraid to take that leap because that can get you like. Pretty messed up in a lot of places if you're it's challenging. It's a very t- difficult topic. Yes, it's a difficult topic, and when you can just go head first into it, yes. um, I can just really appreciate that as an artist. This one was good. I dug it. Mm-hmm. Jeannie's lyrics, they have a long one, so bear with me. Um, Morissette stated, on the subject of her faith growing up, uh, this is her quote. I was told that if I wasn't a virgin when I was a teenager, then I must be a real whore. I believe that if I had sex, I would be damned in hell forever. End quote. The Catholic faith, um, when... This is in quote, or parentheses, when misgiven. Whatever. Has the capacity to damage the youth, but that practice it often by establishing guilt that they must confront and confess, because they have their confession chambers or whatever. In this song, Alanis vents about the hypocrisy and pain she experienced growing up as a Catholic youth. Okay, me personally, I will not comment on the Catholic Church. I'm not Catholic, by the way, but I'm just going to reroute myself slightly, you know. <laughs> um, but after like reading what the song was about and then you know, listening to it and reading, our lyri- reading her lyrics, because we listen and read her lyrics at the same time, so we really get the full effect... Um, I mean, yeah, that's a very, obviously it's a real circumstance in society, right? But like, in general, you know, it's not just the church, but I feel like that was a very personal and raw thing Mm -hmm. about her describing being a woman versus being a man kind of world. And, um, I understand that all of her songs are personal and real and dramatic and everything like that, but this one, like, you could tell had a very special place. That was like stabbing her in the yes. side, that kind of thing. Not, not to have a um, an allusion to Jesus Christ with that. I didn't mean that. One. <laughs> Funny how things. Are oh there. yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can move on. <laughs> uh, pickle Rick. Rick and Morty. Hey, Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not gonna edit in Pickle Rick and just have you do that as a bird. <laughs> And we're back. So this next song is called You Learn. Um, she says that she recommends walking around your uh, walking around your living room naked. And I also recommend that. It's probably very freeing just having your sack of taters hanging out in your the mom, wind like that. Your mom with the dog cameras. Yeah, we have dog cameras though, so I just keep it to my room. But um, what I get from this is no matter what you do, you learn. Um, and I, like I said that satirically at first, but... Uh, I guess that's actually something you can take away from that. You learn yeah. something from everything. Um, the voice is a little bit too over the top for me in the mm-hmm. verses. Uh, it kind of goes back to that first, uh, that, ugh, that style we had in the first song. Not fully. Definitely not to that extreme. We no. don't go back to that extreme for the rest of this album. But uh, eh, I like the little ad-libs in the back during the pre-chorus. And the chorus itself is just okay. Nothing made this song necessarily hit super duper hard. Uh, five out of ten. Six out of ten. It's not horrible, but, you know. Alright, that's fair. Alright, this song became her third single to reach the top ten on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. 
Lyrically, the song is about living your life to its fullest potential and realizing that things happen in life for a reason, mm-hmm. which I also agree with that statement. It's how we learn from these those experiences that help us mold into the person we are today. I also believe in that. So yeah, great interpretation of the song. Um, the namesake of the album actually lies in the lyrics of this song, which he says, Swallow a Jagged Little Pill. Honestly, I didn't... Hey. Sorry. I usually get hyped for the album name drop, and I didn't this time. That's fair. Album name drop! Yo! Uh, ah! Okay, you go. That sounded like her on the first song. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't hate this. Uh, again, wasn't my favorite. Like, I agree with Nate on that. But it was a catchy little slightly morose 90s anthem. Morose? I thought you were going to hit me with that next. Uh, this next song is called Head Over Feet. Uh, this one, she doesn't go as hard. It's always uh, over your feet. <laughs> I felt she held back on this one. Uh, the chorus had a lot of potential to just absolutely rip, but it fell a little short in my eyes. Um, my eyes. To me, when an Atlanta song is less heavy, it's less appealing. Um, the chorus is definitely going to be stuck in Lainey's head, though, because she was singing along right at the very end. But, um, yeah, I would prefer something a little bit more heavy. Um, I it's, it was this it's one. definitely a little bit, uh, it, it's catchy though. So, yeah, um, that's why it was in my head because it was catchy. And it wasn't like bad. So, you know, as, as long as it's, it's a five out of ten, I'm not <laughs> yelling at you too bad. The way you said that, it's not bad. <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's not good either. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this story tells a tale. Of a couple who are best friends as well as lovers, in which the protagonist thanks a friend for his manners, love, and devotion. I won't lie. I did enjoy this one, okay? So don't hate me. Uh, just, I don't know. Overall, I liked it. It was catchy, like Nate said, but it was nothing really spectacular or special. We can move on to the next song, though. Uh, this next song is called Mary Jane. Ah! Like, that's uh, my favorite. <laughs> this song is emotional sounding. Um, I like how the chorus, she sings chromatically down and notes and the bass backs are up. Again, the bass is very prominent in the mixing. Don't know if it's because of the remaster or whatever. Um, this one didn't really tickle my brain um, in the, that special way, though, that, that other songs do. And I think it's because the verses weren't really doing it for me. Uh, the whole slam poetry th- thing doesn't, you know, just vibrate my musical muscles. But yeah. that's, that's that's fine. Um... You know, that something I'm coming to the realization now is that a lot of this album, if it's not like a headbanger, it's just fine. Like if once I look past the dated sound, it's just fine. Mediocrity. Um and her lyricism is very nice and I like the anger, but like other than that, it's just fine. Was that thunder? <laughs> What was that? It was the thunder gunshots again. <laughs> well, other than the other than the 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 anger and the the rawness of the lyrics, right? You know what I'm saying. Anyways, that's all I gotta say about Mary Jane. If she's not feeling it, I'm not feeling yes. it. Yes. Simply put, so Genius had a lot to say. Um, I can just scroll if you want me to. It's extremely long. That's what she said. But. Thank you. But, um, so she has a Spotify series. <laughs> Shout out to Spotify. Wait. I'm sorry. But it's called The Real Story of Jagged Little Pill. And she basically describes the song by saying, It was my empathy 
for the feminine, for the vulnerable, and self-care, particularly for those of us who are service-oriented and generous, and the orientation of life is to give and ask questions for later. For the people who are in a position of service for their career or otherwise, just a reminder to take care. And it was slightly influenced by a friend of mine at the time, just watching how sweet she was to me and how sweet she was to everybody. And then she would go home at night and be really depleted. And in my case, I would go home and be really depressed. So I just thought there was something that needed to be said about the self-care needing to be upped and the empathy. Being in context with so many narcissistic people, the two qualities that disappeared were curiosity about well-being, like just, you know, like a how are you doing kind of thing. Uh, that would never happen for an emotional well-being. That wasn't even a consideration. And then empathy. Often there was just no empathy. So that song was my way of turning it around and singing to myself in a lot of ways. I would often listen to that song on tour and pretend that, quote, woman was singing to me. And throughout the song, Alanis paints the picture of a character who has lost enthusiasm for living, withdrawn from the world, and is sleepless, diving, and denying herself the freedom to cry in order to appear a certain way that is very different to how she genuinely feels to the objective observer. She is also portrayed as a person making risky choices about their lifestyle to their own detriment and not thinking clearly about the consequences of these decisions before making them. Okay, enough of that review, me personally. This is a sad song, a powerful anecdote, if you will. I like this, I, I really did like this one. Um, and there's another cutoff, like there was in the first song, after she says, I love you. And personally, I think that it would have been a great ending for that song, mm -hmm. but it continued for probably like another minute. Which, that, that part, that section, after the cutoff, wasn't horrible, but... I think it could have been woven in a little bit differently into the song. But yeah, I did like the song. I liked how, that one, again, it was kind of like you feel it, or she feels that you feel it. Made it a lot better. Next. Isn't it funny that we uh, put Roby in the like really short chair, so he looked a lot shorter than us on the podcast? How did we all fit back here? I don't know, bro. Because looking at this right now, we're like taking it. Yeah, we're pretty crunched. Um... Anyways, this next song is called Ironic. It's a slapper. My seventh grade English teacher showed me this during class. Um, my mom's it. boyfriend, though, uh, wanted me to make sure that y'all know there is no irony in the song. Zero irony. Just I, I bad circumstances. Um, oh, people hate Alanis Morissette. Like, they think she's horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, he does not like her. The chorus is goaded, though. Um, this song just feels like an F.U. to all the misfortune you can run into yeah. in life. And that kind of is this album. It's just a big F.U. to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my thing. <laughs> Society. Um, so, yeah. Ironic. That's a banger. That's probably the Atlantis Morissette song I would show somebody Wait, if they who asked. Who was your 7th grade English teacher? Uh, Miss Crosser. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Shout out. Shout out to Miss Amelia. Amelia Crotzer, that's a stage name right there. Yeah, it is. Ironic. Um, <sighs> this describes some peculiar and unfortunate situations, and it went on to be nominated for Record of the Year at the 39th Grammy Awards in 97. Its music video was also nominated in the same Grammy Awards for Best Music Video Short Form. But I bet that whole didn't even win. It would have said that she won. She didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Anyway, the song is well known in popular culture because it sparked a long-running debate over its title and how it relates to the situations in the song. Ironic also triggered many literary discussions over its meaning, its, you know, deeper sense, and also over the very definition of the linguistic device that we all call irony. When asked about the song in an interview back in 2014 for the Huffington Post, Alanis demonstrated her knowledge on figures of speech by replying, there are a lot of people that have shame around being stupid, and I did too. It was embarrassing to have the planet basically say, you're a dumbass. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And at the same time, it is ironic that that a song called Ironic isn't filled with ironies. Got him. Anyway. <laughs> Although there are times where I'm grammatically very intense and very perfectionistic, there are other times where clearly I don't care and I make up words and I play with words. Okay. Okay, Shakespeare. Okay, Roald Dahl. Okay, Dr. Seuss. Waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane. I'm sorry. That's not Dr. Seuss. That's that, oh, the places you'll go. I know. Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> One fish, two Sam fish. Sam, I am. Red fish, blue fish. What's the one where it's like box? Would you eat it in a box? Uh, would you Would you eat it in a house? Would you eat it eat it with a mouse? So would you eat it in a box? Would you eat it with a fox? Would you eat it with your socks or something like that? Like. Would you eat it in a tree? Would you eat it with my pee? <gasps> okay. okay, Dr. Seuss wasn't on crack. <laughs> nah, he might have done crack. That dude was weird. He hit the figgly digglies and the big. He might have been on crack. He was pretty whack. <laughs> that boy was pretty whack because he was on crack. He was itching his ball sack. <laughs> it was like two buttons and a thumbtack. Uh, you know, he hung like a mouse. Stop. He eat it on the floor <laughs> and he eat it in the house. <laughs> I mean, you. That is probably the most, like, disturbing. <laughs> he hung like a mouse. He hung like a mouse. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna become a freestyle rapper. I don't know if y'all knew. <laughs> They're all gonna click away. Comment, no. Anyway. Comment, yes. <laughs> okay, anyway, other than the whole irony thing, this song is an absolute banger. Next, let's just move on. This next song is called Not the Doctor. This song. That was boring. Um, I did take a phone call before this, though, so I honestly might have just gotten out of that listening groove, but I didn't want any more Alanis. Uh, Alanis? <laughs> I spelled it like that. A-L-A-N-U-S. Um, you know... You know. I really... I don't... Like, this song... You know. That's that's all I wrote because I I don't want any more Alanis well because you know yeah you know do you know anyway Alanis (laughs) eloquently demands equality freedom and an individual identity not merely an existence as an extension of someone else wow how well put genius thanks Uh, it's a catchy chorus but sounds like her other stuff honestly which I don't hate like I normally would but, you know, we get it. We understand the angst at this point. Let's yeah. this one. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, this next song is called Wake Up. Alanis is telling you, or is telling this person that they're a hypocrite. She has a lot of songs that follow a certain structure, yes. like in Ironic. She has a song full of ironic things, like the, which is just bad stuff. But in this song, it's like, she'll be like, you like this thing, but only if it's not itself. Like, if, if I was just like, Lainey, you like bell, like ghost peppers, but only if they're not that spicy. And that's like yeah. basically all this song consists of. Um, like and she does that a lot. Yeah, I like I like the wordplay. Um, I think it's interesting, like playing around a certain idea and just having that be the song. Like an, a song that plays around with an idea is uh, "Let the Beat Build" by Lil Wayne. Just like slowly, he builds the beat throughout the entire song. I don't. I didn't think you know, I was gonna bring up Lil Wayne on the Atlantis Morissette podcast. But... You know, like Weezer when they talk about the sweater. Dude, Weezer, throw one, one up for Weezer. Weezer. Okay, how you feel about Wake Up, Lena? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that's my noise today. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But this song sees Morissette standing up to a man who she's most likely in a relationship with, catch it, who appears to complain too often or struggle with commitment. Yeah, that happens, I guess. Uh, kind of sounds like one of those either like, okay, okay, throwing it back, throwing it back to the environment, commensalism or parasitism. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I'm talking about? Commensalism? Yeah. Or he's taking and she's just like there. Or parasitism where it's like he's taking and she's like, ow. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Yes. Now we're going to get to the last song. Um, it's a little, little... I literally didn't write anything because it's... Yeah. It's a little pop-up because it was... You want to know. It was literally the exact... <laughs> it was literally the exact same song and then there was a long pause and then it was just all this acapella stuff and... It's you all know, and then it says Jimmy the Saint blend slash your house acapella. Mm. I can guarantee you that Saint Jimmy did not perform this. Okay, okay. Oh God. Uh, and there was just no difference until there was a difference, and you know it's silence, and then there's just booty. So no cap. Would you rate this? Uh, this one, I think, should be a little bit lower. lower. Yeah. Um, it's like in the 30s right now, right? Is it in yes. the 30s? Uh, it's, I'm dropping it down to the 40s. I'm not dropping it too far because I like the raw emotion that she gives off. And I think her, okay. uh, the words that she uses to do that are very interesting. And it's something that nobody else has done and nobody else will do. See, I didn't hate this one. So I was going to say 50s as uh-huh. just like a solid yeah. middle area. But I'll get 40s. We can talk about that later, of course. Also, my drawing is Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Yeah, and then he's wearing, he's wearing a little raspberry, but right. <laughs> Got it. Next. Next song. Next album. Next podcast. Next, next episode. Next lifetime. The social medias. <laughs> the Twitter. TDM Pod. TDM POD. The Instagram. The Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube. Uh, the Diamond Mind. Um, TikTok. Diamond Mind Podcast. Like us. Follow us. Rate us. All sorts of stuff. Anyways, do you have anything to say? Mm. Montana. If you... Don't. Montana. If you don't start listening to this podcast regularly, we're going to have some problems. The ASMR. This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny. We'll be back at you next week. With Boston. Boston!